questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Tonight, we have someone with the courage and the charisma to open your minds in ways you've never thought you could. You will unlearn so much, I hope. And tonight's discussion changes your world in a way that brings much accountability and thriving in your space in this new world. We are under military operations from the 50s, 60s, and 70s that has been orchestrated to study wavelength technology to manipulate the mind. This is a military war against the people, a very silent war. They've figured out a way to go to war without putting troops on the ground or firing a single bullet. That's what this is about. It's also about control and the chemistry of what we put into our bodies and the food and the intake that we are taking. This is all controlled scientifically. There are only a very few people that are trying to force their bad and wicked agenda upon us, upon we, the people. Who are they? And what needs to happen now? Let's find out. You are listening to Veritas. If this is your first time, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, join the Veritas family and click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for Focused Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. And now, here's your host, Mel Hostelrick. Tonight's special guest is Russell-J Gold. And instead of me reading a bio, I'm going to let him discuss his story and why he's here today. From somewhere in America, I would like to introduce for the first time on Veritas, Russell-J Gold. Hello, Russell, and welcome. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you for having me on your show. It's wonderful to reach out to your audience and to share some of the things that I've witnessed on my journey and some of the things that uh, uh, we're seeing out here to improve the quality of people's world and the energy that's being moved to and fro. And by the way, let me just also thank one of your listeners, Debbie. Debbie, who recommended highly so that I could make contact with you, and she is responsible for brokering this interview tonight. Russell, I usually read a bio before the interview begins, but you have such a unique background and journey. It would be more appropriate, I think, if you tell us your story first. Sure, sure. Well, I started off on my journey uh, learning grammar at a very young age in elementary school and uh, became very fascinated with sentence diagramming. And how, what made an adjective an adjective, what made a pronoun a pronoun, a verb a verb, and a, a noun a noun. And as uh, my journey moved through life, I ran into a, a gentleman in 1995 by the name of David Hypenwinkle and Miller. And he became a, uh, 
a person in my life that I brought value into his world dealing with the quantum mathematics and he brought uh, prepositional phrases to me. And so we formulated a partnership that, that ran for 22 years. And you know how partnerships go, kind of like a marriage. It gets a little rough and tumbly at times and uh, has a lot of um, lot of differences because of the different agendas that people have running in the background. And people make choices, and those choices, you know, create consequences. And uh, it was a a rough journey, but uh, I made choices to kind of go a different route than David uh, based upon uh, my own studies and and testing the energy of of some of the business transaction and some of the people that he was doing business with. And, you know, I made a firm stance uh, not to enter into business into those arenas that he did. And uh, because of that, I'm probably walking around safe because I made those choices. And uh, they were very humbling choices because it, uh, it created such a, a difference between good and bad, you know, because we all once you have closure on the facts, the facts can be looked at and the facts won't change. But the volition around the facts changes based upon the conditions or the terms that we are being presented And you are very right. There's just a huge war being bombarded upon the people of the world through the chemistry of the food to the manipulation of the of the of the frequencies out here that they're playing games with, with our cell phones our computers, uh, all the games that they're that they're perpetrating upon us to stop our free our free caring for our mankind, our love towards our mankind. And I'd like to picture a world a little bit different. What if we lived in a paradigm where, as we were brought here by those that that were make creating love or whatever you want to call it, um, what if all that energy was based upon positivity? So that consciously, when people were loving each other and engaged in in sexual um, positions, I guess you would call it, to to bring you here through their through their intercourse. What if it was done based upon love, caringness, tenderness, where instead of there was as a man and a woman loved each other, they would hold each other. They would care for each other even after they've made love. They would they would take the time to to really care for one's needs simultaneously. All the food that they were intaking was that of high-value nutrition that our bodies could digest because we were not being implemented by chemistry of the outside world to, um, to have nutritional value to our foods. And then, of course, as that love and as that nurturing energy moved through their bodies and we were in the womb, being in the waters, being docked here and brought forth, the contract that we at first were given to come here was one that the family, the mother and the father who cared about you were in control of and not the state. That would have changed the dynamics of how we are as people out here, right? The energy flow of all this hatred would be gone because there would be so much love and caring about that that person, that was that spirit that got to get in that vessel and, and come to this wonderful place that we call Earth. And so taking a look at that and taking a look at the dynamics of the grammar on contract that they've forced upon us as we've been docked here, as their spirits entered these vessels, these bodies, 
we then can evaluate the accountability based upon performing in a positive way and then continue caring for the, the, the as we brought another vessel here and where we brought another spirit down through that vessel. And so these are the things that I really, that, that were on my mind as I created this, looked into this, this paradigm of the shipping war that they've, they forced upon us as we've come here onto earth. And so I took a look at the, at the dynamics of the birth certificate, how it was formulated, and, and who was the authorizing sources of this. And it took me back to the post office in the, of each country and the central post office location in Bern, Switzerland, called the Universal Postal Union, as a controlling hub. And then I looked at the shareholders who were participating and benefiting from the Universal Postal Union, and I saw a picture there that I just didn't feel what didn't feel right in my spirit if I was to be that of a caring person and that who loved my fellow mankind and loved myself, of course. And so it took me into into spaces around the planet, and uh, I figured out how the the post office was authorizing all these wars around the world. And and what I mean by that, Mel, is before someone goes into their respective military branch of their country, they go into their country's central postal office first and get their postal registration number and then go enlist into the branch of military that they so choose or that they they test into. And so I was I was learning that this whole this whole apparatus that that we've that we are here on was based upon the shipping war, and uh, the ability to create sums and differences and and regulate boundaries or deregulate boundaries and create free ports and all the banking constructs that came into place. And I set up a paradigm that would maneuver the citizens that are are here under salvage and break them out of that paradigm of this negative grammar, this forced manipulation, and make people be accountable for their own performances and their own lives and moving the government out of, out of the autonomy of that love of the family unit that brought them here. And so... As we see things out here in the world now, we're seeing the exact opposite of that which I've built. It's, you're seeing, uh, for instance, in Spain, you're seeing people just pounding through borders here in the former U.S. They're pounding through borders. You know, imagine when you see these young women and children and these kids, they're bringing all this energy that, that they've had built up through their lives because wherever they came from, there might have been strife there. They might have been hurt there. There might have been, you know, it's a banking war. It's a shipping war, long to the short. And so I figured out a way how to short that in a way that the people could then control their own shipping lanes as they maneuvered around planet Earth. And so I became the postmaster hyphen general of our world in 2001. Um, in Bern, Switzerland. And I actually uh, got mailed myself around the world uh, without a passport, without a U.S. passport to Switzerland to have a conversation with the Universal Postal Union leaders on June 18th of 2003 in Bern, Switzerland at the Universal Postal Union. And in that meeting, I had they confessed to me that I had created my own paradigm that was outside the guidelines of all their shipping constructs. So at that point, I was I was setting up the uh, central banking system that actually does away with banking because there's just such an abundance here of everything, right? There's there's not a scarcity, there's an abundance. But what there is is manipulation that stops the abundance that should be going to the people of the world. 
and so it's it, it's been quite a thing to be a witness to and uh so that was kind of an overview a little bit of how i got to the universal postal union and i did it through the the what i brought to the table which was the quantum the now space grammar so that sentences that i wrote to get myself there were written frontwards and backwards through a math interface that uh, my business partner, David Eiffel, Wynn, Colin Miller, had had found in his studies, in his journey. But I brought the quantum now space aspect to it, and that's how we ended up in our partnership uh, well, back in uh, 1999. Uh, during my journey here in the United States, I was blessed and privileged enough to have the courage to stand my ground and not surrender the flag in some very difficult court situations. And the courthouses are foreign vessels in dry dock controlled by the Department of Transportation mail. What that means is before you go into the courtroom or the courthouse, in order to clear into the courthouse, you must show a form of transportation paperwork, which are your ship's papers. Uh, do you comprehend what I'm saying there, Mel? I believe I do. Excellent. Excellent. So what's happening there is you are showing your credentials to go into that vessel. Well, that is through the Department of Transportation that we receive those credentialings or through the State Department and the Department of Transportations in each country, as well as the State Departments in each country, get their authorization from that country's central postal system. So then, thus again, the Department of Transportation gets its authorization to exist as a sub-corporation this, from this umbrella corporation called that country's post, central postal system. And so they've, they've created this guise that these are, that these are, that these are, these are locations to ship and they've made the people vessels and cargo and they've given us numbers and they play all kinds of nefarious little games in the courthouses to make sure that nobody can read and write and everybody's confused and they can navigate from the beginning of your life to the end of the life through, life, through probate courts. They can litigate on this, this shipping certificate that they gave you, which is called their birth certificate. And on that birth certificate, they play many games. They do games such as make your body all capital letters, which we call a nom de guerre, which they've made everything shipping under maritime and placed it in admiralty, controlling the making the judges, the shipping commissioners through the clerk's office because the clerk is actually the judge because she, her gavel leaves marks, which means she puts a file stamp on the vessel paperwork, which then gives it the authenticity for the authorization for the authority of the, of the performance on the contract. Do you comprehend what I'm saying there, Mel? I do. I do. Okay. Okay. So, so, Long to the short, it's a shipping concept. And so I became a master of those concepts on a global level. And I was able to, to travel and to look at things in a different paradigm because I was creating this, this nexus, this, this network of capacity to allow others to join within the paradigm and then create their own utopias for your own world, but they would have to self-govern and, and be, you know, accountable for their own performances. And so the first person, obviously, you know, the easiest person to fool is yourself. And so I, I always check myself first. And I, I found out uh, as I came up through my judgeships and my credentialing on a global level, I found out a journey of what I didn't know. 
And um, it was a pretty humbling thing. I never blamed anybody for for hurting me or abusing me. I I split, you know, and I figured out how the protocols to go in and out of these vessels were based upon flag etiquette on, under these maritime. Uh, meritocracies that they had sent up around the world through these different sea lanes, through through things like the international um, port authorities or the International Bureau of Weights and Measures. And everything was about communication. Everything was about administrative timelines. And I became a, a quite the master in that. And uh, it took me down journeys of, of you know, I'd of court marshalings and, and different things that facilitated all the titles of my, you know, my portfolio, my credentialing. And I know that's a lot for people to comprehend, but the people that are trying to discredit and say that there's no credibility to this, they're the ones that are at the biggest risk of losing things as this system comes forward and the people are take hold of this and become countable for their lives and their own things. That will then maneuver those who have used this shipping concept for docking vessels on and off planet Earth because the body is a vessel because it's in motion. It has a cargo of thinking and they've made everything a, a maritime capital letter probate condition so that nobody has the has the capacity to navigate their things or their their goods because they they made everything bound to contract. When you look at the order of operation of words on those contracts, that's called syntax. The 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 order of which how words get formed to create concepts for comprehension to our fellow mankind or to those who would travel around, you know, from galactic conditions to galactic conditions. And in their travels to those galactic conditions, it is countable for us here on Earth to only give them countable grammar as we communicate between species, be it man or, you know, a, a different race from a, from a different place in the galaxy. Now, let's unpack a lot of this because I know a lot of our listeners are thinking, first of all, Mel, well, why did you call or why did you address the guest as Russell hyphen J colon gold. And from that first message from, from you acknowledging our invitation, I noticed the, the different grammar, that the sentence structure, the punctuation marks, which are different than what we were indoctrinated to learn in, in school. Do you think we should begin with this sentence diagramming, or as you call it, quantum language, or should we discuss that later? No, the quantum grammar is the most valid position because it's, it's who we say we are. Nobody can tell you who you are, and nobody can tell you what you're thinking, technically, right? Maybe it's someone from another species can, but technically here on Earth, they're not supposed to be able to do that. We're spo that's supposed to be our sovereignty of thought, our thought sovereignty of choice. As we arrange that and put that on paperwork, the quantum puts the, the linguistical arrangement of syntax in a now-space performance. So it reads the same way frontwards and backwards, and it does not translate in future tense connotations or past tense connotations. What that means, Mel, is in the constructs of the quantum grammar itself, we don't use the future, to adverb, future tense adverb to, right? We don't use past tense, 
10 suffixes ed because that would move the volition of that word into the past we can't be in the past to perform we can only be now to perform once we preposition set the facts in the now we can then look at how the thinking and why the thinking was done to create the performance so if the performance is that to love our fellow mankind and be at peace with our fellow mankind and share with our fellow mankind and, and to honor each other's cultures and honor each other's space, as we, artic- as we give closure to that in the now space and somebody falls out of communion with that or out of covenant with that performance and they agree to the terms of under, with, with a comprehension and knowledge that everything was there now, now we can ask them, hey, you just stole from this guy, and, and, and uh, why did you do that? What was your thinking to steal? Because the facts don't change, because the prepositional phrase, the preset fact, can articulate the fact now. Now we can take a look at the condition of mind of what's causing the fact to go one way or go another way, which now puts liability on those who have thinking that creates harm to our fellow mankind or stress, or hardships. What is the think? Why would we think to harm our fellow mankind? Why can't we look at it at performance where everything's positive now, where everybody wins? And this is why I brought the quantum now space to David's prepositional phrase language, because everything is in the now space. And if we check ourselves in the now space, We care for ourselves. Everybody loves themselves. Otherwise, they wouldn't be going to get an education. They wouldn't be trying to to gain more more value or, 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 or get ahead in life because we love ourselves and we love the ones around us. There's not there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with loving. There's nothing wrong with caring. But let's look at these facts in a quantum construct where things can be articulated so that we know who's being bad in contract. So we can put people in timeout or species in timeout or banish them from a location or or give them different usury terms based upon the performance of the fact in the now. Why are we under maritime law and when did this begin? Well, the maritime law happened when courthouses started playing their games and started using the people as surety for, uh, for contract. Uh, what I mean by that is um, courts would, build, would set up games like QSIP numbers and insurance companies would come in and underwrite you know, bonds behind that. And they'd, they'd set up you know, public trading portfolios and, and everything was running under bid bonds and bondsmen and everything, everything became a surety. And they used the people through the birth certificate to be the surety of all these, all these negative performances and if someone else got rich. And that's unfortunate that that has happened. And then people are not taught to be accountable because the, the educational system is controlling what we get and how we think. And so if the educational system was taught a lie and taught how to be in past tense and future tense, there's no now space accountability for the people to have a solution because the people are only in the now. They're never in the future. Understood. You have many titles. I'm curious as to how those titles were conferred to you. For example, Postmaster General. When we think of that, we think of the 
current, you know, postmaster general. The first holder was Benjamin Franklin, by the way. Was Benjamin Franklin one of our founding fathers? Was he a good guy or not? Well, I looked at things a little different because I have the, had the privilege of going to the Benjamin Franklin Post Office in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and the U.S. Postal Service opened all the glass containers, and I got to go read his bank books. So I look at things a little bit different because I was able to read into July 1st, 1775 for when he bought 1.6 million francs. Huh. Nothing becomes law for one year, one day, and there's a thing called three-day rescission, which would take you to July 4th, 1776. So he was involved in a attorney, what they would call, he was studying under what they would call a clerk's practique. Uh, and he was also studying under the the uh, British Crown and the French Parliament, and he was involved in the nefarious games of setting up commercial sea lanes for different meritocracies around the world. And he was very skilled in his guild of craftsmanship, his cunning craftsmanship of font, and he had been studying under. Um, Isaac Newton and uh, Sir Francis Bacon's arbitrary forms of ciphering. And, and so when you looked at his style of words, and I've been in his printing press in Philadelphia as well, all symbols were italicized. And he knew that all italicized words are misspelled words on contract because it changes the continuance of evidence and breaks the rule of the rules, uh, rule one and rule same on contract for the terms of style of font. So he know, knew he was misspelling words. You know, you would have to know at that level because he, 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 he was very cunning in his books. And I, I encourage all the patriot community in the United States to please stop, say, in 1776. You lack knowledge and you're very slothful in your articulation of knowing and the correct date and the founding is July 1st, 1775. One year, one day, three-day rescission, July 4th, 1776. Day of the slaves, the day the slaves could contract. And so it was, it was a bankruptcy because he borrowed the money, 1.6 million francs from France on July 1st, 1775. And then he had to wait the one year, one day timeline and three day rescission, which then he could allow the slaves to board the contract with the illusion of freedom. But he had already filed the domestic. He was filing under bankruptcy procedures and ba under bankruptcy procedures, bankrupt people can't contract. So they ran all kinds of nefarious games. They filed two domestic bankruptcies, you know, early on in, 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 within the within the construct and then ran a 70 year bankruptcy, two 70 year bankruptcies. And they came out of bankruptcy in 1999. And I was able to time that and file out. David and I filed at the United Nations for the Title IV 101.9 dimension flag. So we were co-owners of the flag. But uh, in July or in uh, January and December of 2006 and 2007, unfortunately, David Eifenwin Colin Miller got caught on the wrong side of contract, and the federal government had him and I in a trial up in Grand Rapids, Michigan, through the attorney general's office and a guy by the name of Donald Davis. And they got David to surrender his side of the flag, the U.S. Marshal Service did. So the, his terms of usury changed, and he had a different – he couldn't give flag authorization away at that point. So a lot of people um, – and, of course, he didn't want to tell a lot of people, of course. And so that was a, 
that was an unfortunate thing. But David and I did time the bankruptcy of 1999, uh, and they did put it in the congressional record. And I, you'd have to go to Last Flag Standing and uh, some of and the different videos that are out there on me to kind of review. I don't have those off the top of my head uh, exactly where to find them, but uh, they definitely. The National Security Council, when we filed for the flag on August 12th of 1999, they had an emergency meeting with Bill Clinton. Over, he was over in Kosovo, and it was mentioned that they could throw out all Title IV contracts for the government at that point because the United States no longer had a flag, and they came out of bankruptcy. Therefore, they, the, the terms of the presidency, who was the trustee of the bankruptcy, was over. And so that's why they had the Florida Chads election is because the federal government in the year 2000 on the fake presidential election, the federal government had to vacate the District of Columbia for their three-day rescission timeline and try to kick off a government and see if they could trick everybody. Let's 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 dissect this part more. You you were having a conversation with your grandmother in, in July, I believe, of mm-hmm. 2000. A very mm-hmm. interesting story. Tell us yeah. what she thought you you wanted to do well she 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 told me all my life that i was brilliant and a genius and that i could you know be whatever i wanted because i had a high comprehension level of of being able to remember things and so i was like okay well she wanted to have me go back to college and i said you know what i can go back to college and you know get 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 a degree if if, if that's if that's my destiny that's what i'll do but it's based upon one criteria and she had a uh, a presidential mat on her um that she put her plate on right and had all the presidents of the united states of america and you know they had bill clinton on there and i'm like bill clinton's the last us president i don't care what anybody says because the United States was coming out of bankruptcy, right? Because I had I I had known enough about the flag, and I so I filed claim on the flag before they came out of before they came out of bankruptcy in 1999. Well, I knew they were going to have to vacate the presidency because it was all fake. You know, anything after 2000, these are just fake presidents engaged with no flag, no country, no constitution, no military, no banking, no port authority capacity, because I had taken the meritocracy of the ability to create contract, which was a flag away from them, like spoiled little children. And they were very frustrated about it in federal court because the clerk of court in my trial in 2006, she had all my treaties from the Universal Postal Union. And that was one of the complaints was I was the owner of the port. How are they going to how are they going to put me in jail? Right, right. That ain't gonna work. Guy owns the port. So, so David, he, you know, unfortunately, he surrendered, and uh, I was able to move forward. And you know, the U.S. Marshal Service, they were they were very happy that I was able to sustain. It was very physical. You know, it was a very physical battle for me to. And you know, those guys from the U.S. Marshal Service and Federal Bureaus of Prisons, when they jump you twenty on one, they're pretty tough. I mean, they're tough. Man, they knock you out. They break. I mean, it, it's 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 a violent bunch. They get paid to work out. So I can comprehend why Dave didn't want to go through that because that's what I had to go through to to not surrender the flag. But as I watched that fake presidential election of 2000, it was very clear to me. And I I even had more fun in 2008 when they stuck a a I tried to stick a president in that wasn't even born in in our country. <laughs> right. The reason why they could do that is because they didn't have to tell anybody. Because there's no constitution. So there actually isn't a president. It's all fake. And then Trump came in with more nonsense and then this new guy in with more nonsense. It's just nonsense after nonsense of trickery 
wrong leading the people actually having the audacity to claim there's a president. And then you've got these fake military personnel who work for the post office endorsing it behind the scenes going, well, we got to have a, we got to have a leader because, well, we got to trick the people because we get our paid retirement too, you know? So it's unfortunate that it's gone that way. But if you took a look at the grammar and created a now space constitution, like I did, to give the people a chance to have their their armaments and have their 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 munitions and have their free hyphen speech and have their grievances and have their faiths all the things that I wrote rewrote in the constitution in the quantum grammar in 1999 people will people can take a look at that and say hey this was done in a fair way and you know what i may have missed things and there may be things that need to be added and all that but i can only do so much I'm counting on good people, good, honest people to step forward and help in areas that I might, might have missed because one guy can only cover so much. It is very difficult to figure out the shipping war and how it ties into all the banking on our in the planet and all the military. It's a very, very tedious task. And it, you know, it took me 25 years to figure to break down. How did you subject yourself to prison? You've been in prison. And even lost 84 pounds. You were, correct me if I'm yeah. wrong, in solitary confinement. No food yeah. for 70 days because yeah. you were not surrendering your flag. Explain that, please. Yeah, okay. So during my ventures of finding out what I did not know, I learned about the how a federal judge and state district court judges have to, the timelines of how they have to join in contract. Now, during these timelines, you have to comprehend, since 1995, I would have state and county court judges in the state of Wyoming, which is a verb, come off the bench and take off their robes and sit across the table from me. So I, I comprehended that there was another jurisdiction out there, a common law bailment contract location that allowed bailments and equity to be conveyed. So I, I got to I was in a training course uh, finding out what I didn't know, battling judges all. And then it, it turned up all over the world. I ended up in, in uh, Tax Canada revenue cases up in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, where I had judges come off the bench, take off their wigs, take off their 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 black robes. They were no longer mourning justice and, and actually bring flags into the courtroom. I mean, a bit was under gunpoint on that one. So I, I've, I've learned a lot, right? It's not an accident that I'm saying these things. It's not an accident when I say I'm chief judge of the U.S. Supreme Court. That's a credible statement. That's factual, right? But to the general public who's never been to the Supreme Court with me, don't does not have the continuance of the evidence or the following to know what that is, it would sound a little bit odd. But truth is sometimes stranger than fiction. I would agree with you. But again, how was the title of Supreme Court justice conferred to you? Well, I filed as treasurer of the country because as postmaster general, I also filed for position as treasurer of the country when the United States ceased to exist in 1999. I filed a, a gold coin as a, and as a filing fee, and I would highly you know, tell people that filing gold coins as a filing fee at courts in the United States is a very difficult thing to do. If you don't believe me, go try it and use it as your filing fee. You'll see what I'm talking about. Okay, because they only want to accept the Federal Reserve System. They don't want to take hard equity money that's actual money for a filing fee. So I paid a filing fee 
And, uh, you know, the department, you know, to my because I own the flag, the Department of Defense had opened the doors for specific banking transactions that I did to bring my my monetary system into D.C. And uh, the doors opened at the U.S. Supreme Court and they took my fee for filing fee. And then I ordered them all the trial because I know the secrets of, as a judge on how to do that. And I figured out a back door through their own Supreme Court statutes on how to open the court and put it on calendar and then hold trial. I called all nine judges to court. At the end of calling all nine judges to court, I had U.S. Supreme Court police as well as U.S. Supreme Court uh, uh, Secret Service that were standing one tier up from me. And uh, because of my history in the U.S. judicial system, they know that I've graphed out Pythagorean theorems and vectors and three-space vectors and four-space to prove that if you change a plane, you break the continuance of evidence between one jurisdiction and another. And those are things that I had learned in, in the federal government is very, very cognizant of my my skill sets in the courtroom. It's, you know, it's not a secret. Uh, when I used to go to court, uh, before I shut down the, the world's judicial system, when I used to go to court, they'd fill the rooms full of first and second graders and call it history lessons so no witnesses could come see what I was doing. Or they would pack the, the rooms only with the federal courthouses, only with federal judges sitting <sighs> in the courtroom. Interesting. So either they had their own team or they had children who could not comprehend what was taking place. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Well, you have you got to remember when I met with the head head of U.S. Secret Service on January fifteenth of two thousand two on the fourth floor of the U.S. Treasury Department in Washington D.C. He told me it's the corporate policy of the United States government to hire stupid people. That way, the people way on top are not accountable for what the stupid people do to the people. Right. So I couldn't be angry really with the with the federal employees, even though some of them were pretty rough. And some of them were pretty, you know, they didn't comprehend because, you know, they're busy loving their family too, trying to get to make a living, thinking that, you know, the flag doesn't mean anything, right? Always poo-pooing the flag and thinking that it's it, it has no authorization, this and that, because they're only compartmentalized with their gotta remember, they're very limited in their knowledge, these judges. They're very limited in the overall scope of how global treaty between nation to nation and the and the and the the capacity to negotiate contract. They're very naive in their techniques because they've only read their, their treaty books in adverb verbs, so they're missing a lot of the volition of some of the steering of the volition of these authors for some of these different uh, books that these, uh, these judges or these diplomats uh, from negotiating from treaty to treaty and country to country. Their, their skill sets there are, are very minimal from a guy in my perspective because of the quantum interface and what I could see how the improvement can, can, could help the people or help the country. You know what I mean? So from my perspective, it was uh, uh, a pretty humbling thing not to be mad at the, the ignorance of, of the bank, of the, the, the people that were supposed to be in charge. So you're saying that they place ignorant people in positions of power to claim so, incompetence, which shields them from liability? Yeah, 100%. But simultaneously, you know, they also put those people in position because they're blackmailed and they can influence and steer mm. them the way they want to create a, an outcome. And the outcome that they've been giving the people has not been a very fruitful one for the citizens of, of planet Earth. And this needs to change, and it, and it is changing. 
people are, are, are being are creating all kinds of positive solutions out here. Uh, I'm hoping that they take a real serious look at the grammar before they start entering their business constructs and take a look at the quantum banking system and the things that I've built that creates a a linkage that is a direct benefit for the, the people in their communities. So from July 1, 1775 to December 31, 1999, we were operating the same way and things changed on the 1st of January 2000? Yeah, what they did that year. So here's how they tricked the people. That year, the only hieroglyphic, because the world's controlled by hieroglyphics, which is communication, the only hieroglyphic that they would give the people, they said, you no longer pay your taxes to the Internal Revenue Service. You're now going to pay it to the U.S. Treasury. What that meant was the IRS was kicked out of the United States because they were the collector of the bankruptcy. So they changed the pay window to a different corporate entity that they've set up and they've been raping and pillaging the people ever since. So who is, I mean, I've heard that the IRS supposedly is headquartered in Puerto Rico, a colony of the United States. Is that yeah, not true? Well, it was until they ceased to exist in 1999. It's just an illusion of people's imagination on what they don't know, what they can't prove. And Then they put the obstacle of their fiction judicial system in front of you and try to bash compliance into people. So our government Which, is an illusion. Yes. And that includes both houses of Congress. Oh, Actually, yeah, every yeah. branch of government, federal, state, and local. Would you agree? Yeah, I would. I know for a fact. And the reason why I can say Congress is closed is in 2004 when I was conducting the largest military court martialing in the history of planet Earth. Now, think about that. I court-martialed hundreds of generals, vice admirals, admirals, sergeant majors, lieutenant major, uh, major generals at the Pentagon. At that court-martialing, at those trials, right, they would have 20 cameras on me with their little microphones. I conducted trial in Washington, D.C., you know, good 30, 40 times. So the, the military, who was a fiction working for the post office, and the post office in 1999 became in violation of their own constitution, which was their title sites under Title 39, Section 101, Subsection A and Subsection B, which states they have to have a constitution to be a post office and they have to have a president. Well, they had to vacate the presidency in, in the year 2000 with their fake presidential election. But at the time, I was not chief judge of the U.S. Supreme Court, so I couldn't show up there, right? This time, in this last fake presidential election, because I'm chief judge of the U.S. Supreme Court, I could actually show up there and got my documents and files saying, hey, this, all these presidents are fake, and no judges are to administer any oaths. And so within 35 minutes after everybody tried to watch the Biden administration, which is fiction, 100%, administer an oath by a fiction Supreme Court judge, I got an email from White House Press, White House Press saying that, they, that they did a proclamation. They changed the words. See, so back to the syntax. They're changing definitions. They're changing words because they know there is no president. Hasn't been one since 1999. So if you read Bill Clinton's book, that's why he says in his book, I'm the last U.S. president, right? Everybody's like, you're crazy, Bill, you're crazy. Well, he's not a very good person, number one. And number two, you know, he, 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 you know, he was telling some truth there. This is so, really, you know, really interesting. Uh, but with Clinton, obviously, he's not a good guy. We know that. No. We can go to Mina, Arkansas, and, and read the rest of it. And uh, I don't see any difference between the Bush family and the Clinton crime family either. 
Oh, not not at all. In fact, bushes are actually are not. That's not their original name. I'm not going to get into the semantics of that. And you know, they're from a, a different continent for sure. You so, mean Germany? Uh, yes, sir. Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. So you know, I I I I don't like those people, and they don't like me. So you know, I, I know the terms when I see them, and I'm I'm content with that, right? You know, I'm I'm someone that uh, believes in factual performances. I'm content with the terms of what I have to do to those people when I come in front of them. Some people say that the 2000 election was stolen from Gore. Now we're saying that we stole it. They stole it from uh, from uh, Trump. At least there was some illusion of reality between those elections, even 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 believe it or not, with Obama. But for some reason now, a lot of people are talking about this fakery that we see on a daily basis coming from the quote-unquote Biden administration. Yeah, you, you have to comprehend. They're very versed in quantum grammar, okay? One of David's students was Kamala Harris, and she stole from David in huh. 2010. Really? So they, they're, they're, they know the grammar very well, right? Y'all are fooling yourselves. The pub, general public is fooling yourselves. If you think grammar is not relevant, and what they're doing to everybody, you—it's—it just blows my mind that people don't see the connection. There are people that have been in the quantum grammar since two thousand, from a long, long time, and they'll tell you flat out that David was working with Kamala Harris, and she stole from the people, and that when she was a district attorney in San Francisco, right? And Dave spent a lot of time with her, and they were working on lawsuits and transferring money because David was working for the Rothschilds. He was working for bad people, and I refused to do that. Did you know that at the time when you were living and being oh, friends with him? The, the, that's why I didn't talk to him. Mm. You should you should you should have seen him trying to stick up for the Clintons. It <sighs> blew my mind. It blew my mind. So this is why yeah. you say you have a, you had a love hate relationship. But he also said, I believe, that all languages are mathematical equations of algebra. Is that true? That is true. That is definitely true. There, there is a, a numeric cipher to every language. And the quantum grammar, I can actually write the quantum grammar in Arabic, Hebrew, Chinese, Russian, and go in and out back to English and lose no deviation in my sentence structure. So, you know, there's different dialects for different languages, as you know, for Arabic or different things. But it translates uh, through the math interface from one language to another, which creates a, a sense of fairness, not only for the people, but for the governments that are in negotiations. But there's all kinds of techniques, as you know, with negotiations from judges posturing what we call cowling and different things there to just sidebarring off and, and hurt, listening to the terms of the contract. Unfortunately, the the spokesperson, the representation for the people, a direct correlation and grounding has been lost between the representation and the people on the street. So for me, I'm, I'm more concerned about what the people at the, at the local cafe shop are thinking. I'm just uh, blown out of my mind listening to all of this because I know something's wrong. I know there's some fiction taking place, even when we look at the flags. And during the, the months preceding the last election, a lot of people were saying, oh, look, the flag doesn't have the, the yellow ribbons. It doesn't have the spear on top. What do you say about that? And why is the spear? Is it because we are at war? Yes, in all countries. So I, I was blessed enough to, to meet with 82 ambassadors at the United Nations in 2003. And in my meetings with the ambassadors, outside of every embassy, 
flew a three by five boat flag from that country with a ball on the flag standard. But as you went into every embassy, every embassy's ambassador was flying that country's flag, but a spear on top of it. And I, I had many ambassadors confess to me when I pointed that out. They said, yeah, we're at war with the people. So they, they're very cognizant at a, at a certain level, and they're very candid. If, if you know the correct protocols on how to get in there, they're very candid with you. Yeah, we're at war with the people, for sure, right? But the people think that this is a representation, but communication and controlling their own world is the most valuable thing. And, you know, it's stemming from their birth certificates. And, you know, I, I, t- I teach about that on lastflagstanding.com and, you know, for the claim of the life.com. I teach about how to get out of that parallel position and can set and can control your own shipping lanes and be a postmaster and a freight forwarder of your own world. And that's what the value of a claim of a life is. It gives people that position to do that. And so it's a, it's a different uh, juxtaposition, a, a parallel duality, but it's one that creates facts and like I said in the beginning here, that 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 can be pre-positioned and then we can look at the volition of why things were done or why things weren't done and what the choices were, break down the condition of mind and bring down accountability to ourselves and, and, and to other corporate states as well. What's cool about this is since big tech is a corporate shipping entity through that country, whoever the paradigm that they've set up in. That country's paradigm, I disqualified the shipping channels through their head liaison through Universal Postal Union. So the big tech now has to comply with the terms of the quantum because the accountability for their corporation, the corporation doesn't have authorization to exist in a now space scenario war against tactical war against the people. 200 so members. I'm sorry, finish yeah. what you're saying. The, the very foundations of their corporate meritocracies in these monopolies that they've made are fraudulent on their face because of the charters of their minutes are written in fiction grammar, which disqualifies the, the essence or the capacity of that corporate entity to state a claim against anyone. So we are a corporation. We're not a correct me if I'm wrong, because you're the you're the expert when it comes to this. We're not a country. If this is the case. Is there any other country around the world or is every country a corporation operating under the same system that you're referring to? Every country is operating under the same location. Simultaneously, I took down the International Bureau of Weights and Measures, which is where countries register their syntax, syntax being things such as mathematics, right? Their mathematical ability to claim what a latitude and longitude is, what a location is, the, the hieroglyphics of degrees, plus and minus, multiplication, division, sine, tangent, cosine, all kinds of things in mathematics, as well as functioning principles of periodic tables. I rewrote the periodic structure on planet Earth and put it in a tetrahedron for trilateral angles to allow different navigational concepts to join with the periodic matter of molecular construct and the magnetic flux of things. What's the importance of the flag and being postmaster general? The flag, the bearer of the flag sets the terms of contract. And so as people go to court to negotiate contract or go to country to country, 
the, like, like in our country, in our country, I have a lease contract with the Department of Navy because the Department of Navy is in charge of vessels as they go on and offshore, right? So the Navy leased the Title IV flag from me on February 20th of 2003 through uh, William Ball and the Secretary of the Navy's office. At the time, it was Hansford T. Johnson. So, but what people don't are not cognizant of and why there's such a difficulty of, of changing out regimes are a lot of these, these fake presidents that have come into place, their generals take loyalty and there's a lot of money dealt out to keep their agendas up and alive, even as other presidents uh, move on. But as soon as pre- presidents pass away, then the generals under their, their, their fictitious grammar Jesuit oaths, they can change positions of loyalty. So when you saw Bush Sr. die, all of his supporting entourage cast generals, who knows what direction they went. Do you think that Bush and McCain were executed? I have no firsthand knowledge of that. But uh, I know that when I, I court mar- in the court-martialing of Bush and Cheney, uh, McCain was, uh, saw me in Washington, D.C., in Crystal City with U.S. Secret Service. And as soon as he saw me on the, on the sidewalk, and I have witnesses with me, he turned around and took off a run and goes, oh, my God, it's Gould. i got to get away from him. I can't be in his now space. <laughs> so it's a very powerful thing, the now space. It, it, it controls, all, controls your whole world. Do judges know, or are they ignorant to what you're dis- you've discovered? Uh, judges, if they go on their judges Lexus, they can definitely punch up the, my portfolio for sure, right? Because I'm not. You got to comprehend. When you've been as many trials as me, you're not a secret, right? You're, you're talking to the the innovator of of creation on the fly and some of the things that I've done. I'm talking about shipping food into custom warehouses, you know, because the the jail systems are are custom brokering houses, custom warehouses, and you know, I've done things with with superintendents of school systems for 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 children that have claims of the life that uh, they do school lockdowns in the public facility. I do things through the Pentagon to allow the children to not be locked down when they lock down schools. I have a lot of different transactional things and a huge history with the world's military system. Uh, during the court-martialing of the world, at, I took down the World Court at The Hague in, in, uh, in Brussels. Uh, no, but I'm going to take that back in the Netherlands. I forget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brussels and Belgium. I can't remember exactly where that was. But I didn't file the paperwork there. Dave actually filed my paperwork over there on January 5th of 2005. Obviously, those of us who went to the indoctrination of the Department of Indoctrination, we have, well, perhaps years ago, I guess my aperture is a little bit more open now, but most people have the aperture with the size of a pinprick. But based on what you've gone through in life, your aperture is wider than most people. With what's happening now with this COVID-1984 situation, what do you really see? What is the reality of what's taking place? Well, they've done such a masterful job in the crystal and energy of people from the Hollywood movies for the last 20 years that have, have created this sense of fear, this contagion, and all these different species and all these different things. And you have very few people right on top who are orchestrating this, right? So you have to you have to consider that you have to consider that as as you look at the overall things. The people you see who you think are are really in charge and really this and really that, they're they're just a spoke on a much broader perspective behind them, right? So when you hear that that uh, the, the World Health Organization, look, 
In 2005, we syntaxed the World Health Organization's charter. It's a 100% fixed fraudulent grammar organization that has no authority anywhere on planet Earth, right? Their policies are fiction. They, they, they can't create charters with fraudulent grammar because, the, because there are no facts there, right? If there's no facts, you can't state a claim. So their attorneys, they hide behind their attorneys and they hide behind their, their masterful job of using the media. Okay, let me get back to the COVID-19 and answer your question. So in creating this, this sense of fear, right, they've engaged in games where, uh, like, uh, your, the ability to uh, not create war in space. Well, some, some countries, even though they sign on to the contracts, they know the contracts don't say anything, right? So as, as, they, as, they, as they formulate and create treaties like outer space treaties, right? Treaties on principles governing the activities of states in the exploration and use of outer space. Well, that doesn't actually say anything, right? Because when you look at these order of operations of words, they don't create any facts. There. They only use pronouns, adverbs, adjectives, and verbs, right? So there's no facts there. So, so these countries sign off on it and they can get away with whatever they want because they, don't, they know they don't have to comply with the words. Well, the same thing holds true in the banking community. The top bankers in the world, they don't have to comply with anything. They have everything they need, but what they don't, what they want to create is the space for themselves. And so you're seeing all this, this, uh, this bombardment of this, I would call it a death cult. I don't know any other way to look at it. This fear cult, this death cult, this divide cult, this whole thing created to divide and separate our capacity to love our fellow mankind and love ourselves and, and, and find out you know, who our creator is and who our God is. It's not up to me to tell people what that is. It's up to everybody else, everybody to, to find that journey. And, and that's their own journey. I'm not going to tell people what that is. I can define my God in the now space. I know, I know that he loves me and I love him back. Right? I know that I, I live as humbly and as peacefully as I can with my fellow mankind. Are you saying that we voluntarily, and let me just rephrase this. For example, I think you and I are more or less the same age. Back when we were growing up, we had to wait until about you know, the age of 16 to get the social security card because we thought we needed it to, to, to get employment. But now, and I've experienced this myself with my child, you know, when 14 years ago when she was born, immediately they were making me sign all the papers for a social security. This is before I woke up. But I've heard that you don't have to, that you don't have no. to get your social security. And basically you're not voluntarily giving your child to slavery. Can you explain this more? I can. I can. Well, if you were really wise about it, from what I'm seeing now, what they're doing in the hospitals as far as their, their desire to want to chip all the children, I would highly suggest that people have their children outside of hospitals, number one. Okay, But the birth certificate and the social security system is something, the contracts that they want to use to control that child. From cradle, from, from cradle to grave, right? So as he passes on, the probate courts and the attorneys can sit around and argue about who gets who so it's so, or who gets what. So it's selective transfer of power 
to wherever the whim of the judge and the attorneys wanted to go, which takes the original volition of whoever passed on, takes his words, and he they use those in subjective interpretation because he didn't create any facts because he was using adjectives and pronouns and probably using a, a living will from an attorney or a trust from an attorney, which transfers all the power into the attorney as the bailment manager to decide whether the goods got where the where where the guy's wealth that he created goes. So it stops the ability to transfer wealth to the ch- to the children these birth certificates do and these social security numbers. So it's a, and it stops their ability to transfer what they what they make in life. So these are things that we we've taken a serious look at and we we're we're busy getting the the people educated to take their children out of that slave position. So what happens then if someone is born to parents who who know not to request a birth certificate or a social security? What would happen to that child in society? Would that child be even recognized? Sure. Well, then it's up to the parents to navigate that child. And so the first thing that we do with the claim of the life is we go right to the, you know, we want to put them in, in the public school systems, right? So we go right to the school board and we explain that this is the way we do our names. This is our claim of the life. And this is what we do. We, 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 we opt out of the vaccines, right? And we, we also opt out simultaneously of giving the social security number. And we've seen it very successful through the years, uh, through states like uh, uh, Pennsylvania, Florida, Wyoming, Idaho. You know, we, we, we've used these techniques. And then we, we also alert the U.S. military because you're in a military psyop right now, right? You're in a military operation being run through, through the post office against the people, So we file those contracts also simultaneously at, you know, at the post office, they file it with me at the nearest post office, and then they file it with uh, um, the different military and then bring it down through the secretary of state's office and alert the, you know, the, the high, and unfortunately they're having to do this all on their own expenses because, you know, you have to cover everything. You have to alert the, the state government, which is your state troopers, right, who come in and lock the school rules down. You got to sit down with the principal. And typically the parents bring me into meetings with like the, the school counselors. I've done a lot of meetings with school counselors and talked about their foreign, their foreign vessel high school or junior high or elementary as a foreign vessel in dry dock under federal law for um, getting paid under bailments with these timelines, and they're nothing more than custom house brokers. Uh, the, the principals are, and the principals all agree with me. There's, I mean, this is not a secret to the principals. This is like not a secret. It's a timeline thing. You know, if you're tardy for class more than five minutes, you know, they consider you absent. You know, they have all kinds of little games that they play with those. And so we go in and we educate the the counselors. We go in and educate the, the principal and the superintendent of schools. And we haven't had a problem moving our, our, our claim of the life uh, children through the, the public school systems. Now, when they get to the Department of Transportation to get driver's licenses, then we have to move them completely out of the paradigm. And that's where we, like we've used in Philadelphia, we've used the uh, quantum, my quantum postal system, and we move them out of, uh, uh, give them C passes. And C passes are, are the ship's papers that are carried upon a neutral during times of war. And so, you know, there's a lot of technique to it. I know it's a, it's a big chunk for your audience to swallow and hear, uh, but there's a lot of papers out there and a, a lot of things that you've got to cover, cover if you want to be sovereign and control your, control your cargo or the, your loved ones. 
We have to take our one and only break, but before we we break, so you go to a school board meeting. Do board members even know what you're presenting to them, or are yeah, they we, just looking at you with deer in the headlights stare? Uh, typically, we don't go to board meetings. We actually go to their corporate offices and talk to them. Okay, we don't show up at the board meetings because that's for the general public. This is not about the general public. This is on their private side. I meant schools, the school board. Yeah, yeah, we go talk to the school board and superintendents of schools, but we also alert the local military, the National Guard. We cover all our bases there, the local sheriff's department. We make sure everybody knows that this claim of the life being has a sea pass, and when you lock it down for the slaves, they let them right on out, and they so let them right on out of schools. If you have a okay, so you have a pass and you don't have a driver's license, and police stops you for running a red light, for example, you open your window, may I see your license and registration? What do you provide? Well, first of all, I ask them what they're doing on my road. That's, I, I, I look at it a little bit different. I'm looking at their credentialing because I already know who I am, right? So that's good. That's solid. So I'm finding out what they're doing on my roads and inform them of the martial law. See, during times of martial law, the civil servants need to go home. They're out of a job. Job's over. During times of war, civil employees, they don't have a job, right? It all ended in 1999. But, you know, you get drug out of the car after you prove it enough enough times, they, they leave you alone. So but I do have, But I do have a driver's license. I'm a postmaster with, with different jurisdictions, you know, and, I, and I, I don't have a problem with that. But I have a history with, with, the, uh, you know, with the judicial systems. So you're saying that from January 1, 2000, we have yes. been under martial law? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, there's not been a president since. It's all been fake. How can a Supreme Court, who's a foreign vessel in dry dock, under fraudulent grammar postage stamps, put a file stamp on a contract to authorize a president? It's impossible. So you're saying that Bush Jr., Obama, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Obama, uh, Trump, and Biden are all fake presidents? 100%. Incredible information. This is... This is one of those shows, folks, that you have to listen several times. And also, I want you to go to the website. Very important to go to the website, lastflagstanding.com. And you have a documentary and you have other videos there, too. So you can get more acquainted with this work. Because this is, would this be what unshackles the entire population of the world, Russell? Yes, it, yes, it will. As the people learn that this is not about America, this is about everyone being accountable for them. Everybody needs to be accountable. Everybody needs to stop this hatred and this division that they're they're bombarding us with. So, like I said, there's just a few nefarious people that need rounded up, and the the, the credibility and accountability is definitely on on our on the people's side, on my side for sure. And I've done what I've said, and like I said, a lot of people that. Um, are frustrated because they can't control the outcome because there's so many bad players that need to be held accountable here. There's not just one or two guys that you can point your finger at because it's been a conglomeration of a nexus of evil that has, that has held the citizens of planet Earth down. Would it be possible later, part two of the show, that you may name names and also give us some lessons on how to unshackle yourself solutions? Yes. Yes, I can, I can name some names. You know, a lot of it, uh, unfortunately, deals with some of their secret society stuff and a lot of the families. I mean, if you, you're going to I mean, be calling out all you know, people that um, are quite frustrated with me, for sure. Well, again, folks, you have to listen to part two, too. 
We are here with Russell-J colon gold. Russell, how can people learn more about your work? Uh, go to lastflagstanding.com or go to fortheclaimofthelife.com. And those two locations, you can pretty much link into the quantum system and what's being designed. And unfortunately, there's a lot, kind of a, a lot of bad actors out here that are trying to slip into an arena that they don't have the experience or the credibility to be in. And so there's a lot of, you know, unfortunately, some negativity in the quantum field, but uh, it will weed itself out very quickly as people uh, find truth. When we come back, I also want you to tell the story of what Staff Sergeant Jay Lester, and I'm not using the colon hyphen right yeah, now, yeah, but oh, yeah. when we come back, very important story. Wow. Folks, don't go anywhere. This is Mel Hostelrake. One more hour to come. You're listening to Veritas, a special edition for sure tonight. Don't go anywhere. Thank you for listening to the first part of this important Veritas interview. To listen to the rest and all of our material, proceed to the member section or join the Veritas family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. You can make your purchase with a credit card, PayPal, cash, check, money order, and even cryptocurrency. We are now accepting Bitcoin, Litecoin, and Ethereum. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store. For Focus Life Force Energy, MMS, CBD Pure Hemp Oil, Pure Organic Sulfur, Flash Drives with all our Sanitas and Veritas Seasons, and other great products. And if you're listening on YouTube, like, subscribe, and share it. And click the bell to be notified when new interviews are available. Now, proceed to the members section or subscribe, to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to Veritas. Because you don't want to believe. You want to know.